Light Middle Ages in a village in Romania. Treasure hunters are dying to find a grade A gem of the past. Gaslit presents Prime Cuts. I'm Paige Hanna. And I'm Kyler Knight. And today we are joined with Skank Oliver Owens. Wow! Oh, it's well. It's been a while since we recorded our last episode, but um. Yeah, last time you had two working feet. Bum 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 bumblebees. Yeah, well, in case you haven't heard what Kyler alluded to, I uh, sprained my ankle while falling while we were, you know. Treasure hunting. Yeah, when we we're spelunking in the in the Dungaroo caverns. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, sprained my ankle. Now I'm on crutches. I got a boot, but I think it was worth it based on what we found. Well, yeah, I had a lot of fun. What did you have fun with? The treasure hunting expedition. It was it was a blast in the in the well, really the past. I mean, exploring and archaeology is just so interesting. And we always need a mule. Well, I'm happy. But it's okay. I'll, I mean, I'm glad you were there. I played the backpack. Someone's got to carry our, our colorful yeah. blankets and bags. Mm-hmm. I RP'd as the backpack from Dora's Explora. And we really appreciate that about you, but I thought what we would share kind of what we were up to with the fans of the pod. You know. So today we're going to be talking about perpetual beef. Which I don't have any beef with anyone yet. Well, yet. All right. Well, so so perpetual beef. What yet. is it? Maybe you've heard of its predecessor, a perpetual stew. Yep. Yeah. And you're not stupid if you haven't. Mm-mm. Shakespeare. Ollie, could you explain to us a little bit about perpetual stew well, as sure. as you know it, as a normie knows it? Yeah. Pull that scroll out of your belly button. Yeah. No, I just a little burp because I was just thinking about all the delicious perpetual stew one could eat. So basically, perpetual stew, from what I know, what tradition says, is that you fill the kettle with whatever you have. and I'm sorry, kettle? Cauldron, kettle, brewing d- device of sorts. You culminate your, your scraps, your leavings, into a big old pot. And then uh, if you keep it above the what the food industry knows as the danger zone, mm-hmm. you can uh, you can eat it for as long as you like. So many uh, places in you know like medieval Europe had what they called perpetual stew, just a pot of stew on the end. So yeah, perpetual stew is just kind of a pot of stew that was constantly brewing, pre-perpetual stew. And that's to it. begin with, perpetual beef. Romania, fourteen hundreds. Yep. That's a big one. Yep. So, perpetual beef started when farmers of cattle in Romania were leaving their beef leavings. Leaving beef. Leaving beef in a major way. Where beef don't belong. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of set out this trough, a beef bowl, if you will, of all of the parts about the cow that were unsavory. The crucible of beef, mm. the beef of bowl of cool. So as you can imagine, uh, the people of this village were not stoked. On, on this nasty beef bowl. Not stoked, they were stewed and they were brewing. But it felt like the more they hated it, the more beef appeared. I would say that's exactly what happened. This is a this is a hate beef. They were just verbally hate fucking this piece of meat. Kyler, please. 
with feeling. The, the, the farmers swear, swear on their life, swear up and down. Swear on their that, wife. Swear on their wife. That after after the first couple of complaints, they stopped leaving beef leavings in in the in the big in the beef bowl. But it's got to stop. You know, there's just so much hate. This is a festering puddle of 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 meat anger. Exactly, but it kept growing. It kept growing, and like it Whoa. kept growing, Whoa. it started to grow. On the people. Misery loves company page. Yes. People people were trying to say, where are we going to put this beef? There's so much of it. That's when Joshua Beluga took the initiative. He's the boss. He's the beef boss, baby. Mm-hmm. He, he decided to turn lemons into limes, and he created the first perpetual stew in his inn. So Joshua Beluga was making his stew, and people started loving it. And this perpetual stew went on for seven years. A seven-year stew. Yep, and that, let's say Josh and the stew kind of got divorced. Mm, After mm. that, that itchy broth made his bits and parts crinkle and crumble into a dusty, scrapey crust. So like Ollie was saying, there is a danger zone when it comes to cooking, right? The Monster Mash, for instance, was referring to some more complicated cooking endeavors. Yeah, exactly. So Joshua Beluga, kind of, the, the fire got dim, the fire got cold, and by the end of those seven years, people were eating basically rancid beef. Mud mm. and tumors. This perpetual stew just made their tummies turn to goo. Yeah, That's exactly. not all right with me or you. Mm -hmm. So what would happen, Preach. because this is like whole towns, whole villages eating this stew that is... Well, eating the stew that is no longer safe. If you've ever eaten anything that made your tummy turn in a way that was mm, not very good, you imagine this on a, on a mass scale. We have a whole town with upset tum-tums and their mm -hmm. bum-bums were not playing a role. Both ends, liquid, it was a lava town. The, the, the sewage, the plumbing, they were pissed, they were angry, they were festering. So when people ate this rancid stew, they were infected with a worm, a parasite, mm. that is no longer around today, thank God. Not buttworms, these are ancient headworms. Ancient headworms. And these ancient headworms kind of had... They made you disassociate, they made you paranoid, they made you creepy and crawly. Yeah, they made you see little tiny skulls in the corner of your eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they made you see blood and dark vampires. And lastly, they made you disappear. Vanish. No one that ate this rancid stew was ever seen again, but there was kind of this children's folklore kind of tale going on where it was the beef ogres. The haunt of the beef ogres. And actually Mozart wrote uh, one of his songs about, Wait. it's called The Haunt of the Beef Ogres. Yeah, there was this, it was a, it was a children's basically horror story. That's what we as the modern, modern specimen would believe, but this was a full, well, all ages fear. Yeah. I mean, this, this town was under a paranoia like you wouldn't believe. Those damnable worms. Those darnable. Yeah, thank you. I, uh, I'm kind of known as the danger meter of Gaslit, so, you know, I think it's only fair to say that I should be the one to tell this. The mercury and the thermometer's bursting. warm mitt is grabbing mine. His fingers are pulsating around my wrist. But, okay, l l let me just try to sum it up. Okay, so, <clears throat> Haunt of the Beef Ogres, massive meat monstrosities were lumbering around the hills of Romania. Skanking around too? Skanking, they stank. They would most certainly do one thing that was more terrifying than all of the other things put together. Mm -hmm. They would swap your parents. Switch even? Switch them. One day you wake up, dad's your mom, mom's your dad. It was really, it would be really scary. I can't even imagine it. It makes my 
nightmare scream. Hold on, I think I was at like some sort of mud conference when this happened. So when you say switch parents, like what does that mean? Like like mom on left, dad on right, but but uh oh backwards. Well, you know how mommy does one thing and daddy does another. Well, that's different now. There's not like a word for word written account of this. I mean, this is a, a children's tale to scare them. Yeah. Uh, but just know, daddy shakes his fist like mummy. But it's, ooh, even just thinking about it. Ah, get it out of my head. All these bones are like shifting in, in abnormal way. Uh, I feel like a scared little gnome. So, getting people sick. They decide, okay, this is done. The seven year stew is officially not working anymore. So the whole town gets around in mourning, essentially. And while well, um enraged too. There was lit pitchforks. Exactly. Lit pitchforks. Yeah. While tar stricken oil slicks. While Joshua Beluga dumps out his seven year stew. This is when something incredible happens. Out from the stew, out from the wreckage of this cauldron, pops one shining hope of light. A toothless rat. A cursed one, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And everyone's seeing this this rat scatter away, skimper away, right? Oh, and they're beast. seeing this rat. And, this, and then the, sh the sun beams down and glints off of something so special in the the rat's gob. Exactly. Joshua Beluga run, drops the cauldron, runs up to the rat, squishes it right in the middle. Ready? Pop! Oh, it's the beef! Uh, uh, all we know right now is that it's a shiny... Billiard ball size entity, apparatus, or otherwise relic or antiquity that comes bidding out of this rat's mouth, hurtling at godlike speeds, Herculean, <laughs> into the hand, into the open mitt of Enter Dracula. Vlad the Impaler. What do we see after Vlad the Impaler <sighs> catches? This billiard ball. He says, blah, blah, it is nothing but short of a blah, blah, beef diamond. That's exactly what he says. On, on closer inspection, he sees that because carbon is, is the main ingredient, if you will, of any meat. Of any, I mean, all things are made of carbon, but the, I mean, the, what makes a diamond a diamond, say, compared to that, like a ruby? This carbon has been pressurized for seven years in Mr. Beluga's stew, and what pops out but a billiard ball sized a beef diamond. Yeah. And Dracula's eyes kind of have a slight bulge because he feels like a supernatural power to them. And I'm not, I'm not saying, it's allegedly, allegedly, but you can tell this this weird diamond. I mean, pressure was definitely involved in this mm. meat process, but have you ever heard of a beef diamond? No, it's it's special. And it is special. One of a kind. And who could tell us better than some sort of Romanian conqueror slash bloodsucker of the night? Mm-hmm, exactly. Dracula is so enamored by it. He's kind of uh, uh, mystified. You know, mystified, even. He takes it home to his castle, where he romanticizes his melancholy and solitude. Exactly, and forms the, the meat, meat monarchy. monarchy. Mm-hmm. The Marquis of Meat Monarchy himself. Exactly. So he forms what is like one of the first ever secret societies. But this is, of course, after he transforms out from bat form. Of course, of course. Mm, good. Naturally, and this goes on in Romania until the 1800s. This is 400 years after when mysteriously the beef diamond goes missing. Oh my God. So, yeah, you know, when a beef diamond goes missing, someone's head is rolling and that is the end of Dracula or so we know. And where do we find this beef diamond next? You might ask. United States, yeah, yeah. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell? 
Like the cream cheese. Quaker. And? Fred. Sal Burger. Sal Burger. Sal Burger. Sal Burger. Sal Burger to him. Attends the grand reveal of the Liberty Bell. Do, have you heard of it? I know. I wish you, it could have been there. You a bellologist? Woo, 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 woo. Does that ring a bell end? While everyone is gawking and gushing and squirting and, and gushing and salivating mm -hmm. about this bell. Oh, it's a bell. Sal Burger is hucking a eight ball sized diamond at this bell. And what does it do when it hits that bell, you might ask? Well, <laughs> what, is a, what does a diamond do when it hits a tooth? Cracks in half. Snap, crackle pops in half. Mm -hmm. Only four years later, what happens? You know what. What? What starts as an innocent way to stop slavery in the United States ends with a beef diamond in the back of the skull. Do you know who we're talking about as someone who loves to attend plays? Oh, yeah. It's that funny guy on the nickel. John Wilkes Booth isn't on the nickel? First, the Liberty Bell. Next, the assassination of President Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Oh my god. The blood diamond was in the bullet. No! Hey. No! Hey, hey, hey. Nothing. No! Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. Not a beef bullet. Nothing says racist more than using a beef diamond as a catalyst for your assassination. It's sick. It's inhuman. It's subprimal. So this beef diamond goes missing for another 200 or so years until friend of the show, Gary Christmas. Gary Christmas. Oh. Gary Christmas National oh, Treasure. Gary Christmas American Hero. Exactly. Had a hold of the beef diamond. However, he gave us some intel about its whereabouts. Yeah, so Gary Christmas, he didn't lose this diamond. In mm -hmm. fact, it was given away as the grand prize to the winner of the worm tournament. So Gary Christmas, you know, while he is an American hero, his luck is a bit non-existent. So he did lose the worm tournament and therefore lost the beef. He was just tired of the prestige. I mean, that's my theory at least. Lost, gave away. I mean, you can only oh. be the king of so many. I mean, after inventing rope, I mean, you're, uh, so you you just go downhill from there. Mm -hmm. right? Does that mean both Gary Christmas and John Wilkes Booth were part of the Meat Monarch? Well, I John Wilkes Booth is definitely, um, as far as I'm aware, like a a, a, you know, a beef baron himself as far as the meat monarchy goes. He had some deep ties. Aww. You know, the meat monarchy doesn't, um, you know, it's kind of like an antagonistic secret society, but it's mm -hmm. also like mm -hmm. kind of like true neutral, but also not. And so when Gary Christmas acquired it, it did give him the rights to rule the meat monarchy, but like I said, you know, he shits his pants, he puts it in there and he gives it away to, uh, to worm, um, worm trappers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So essentially, we, we have some intel. We had an anonymous tip that, in fact, the beef diamond's in Oregon, which in Oregon. I don't know if you knew, but we are also in Oregon. Right now, in fact. Mm. We are in beef diamond ground zero, ground beef zero. So we were treasure hunting. We were looking for this beef diamond. Unfortunately, I haven't found it yet. Nope, but, nope. We did, but Paige did find a casualty. She's lame now. Yeah. Lame as they come. Mm -hmm. That's okay. 
You know, if I if I uh, lose a limb for a, a short period of time to look for this beef diamond, I'm more than happy to. I mean, and it's fine too because they say when you find the beef diamond, you get a wish. So I would keep mm. up the treasure <gasps> hunting. Wait, is that why we were doing the whole thing? That's why I was doing it, you nasty little knave. Well, I want a wish. Give me a wish. I wish to wish on beef. Well, we're going to wish on the Lord Beef if we all put our fingers on it the exact same second. I... So we don't have to fight over it. I just wish my bones were more strong so I could play Gunker Fun with you. Well, then you can, but I mean, you know, it got into... Well, we'll <laughs> we will say that, you know, the Beef Diamond, uh, it did have to circle back as the last holder of the Beef Diamond was the Queen. Um, and as you know, the Beef Diamond tends to leave hands at the cost of your life. Gary Christmas is a rare exception because his generosity and his uh, lack of motivation definitely... His general was, constitution. His general constitution. In his constipation. Fifth, his fifth commandment would, you know, he handed it out. He'd say, hey, Beef Diamond, I don't need it. I was once the Super Mario Brothers two speed round record holder. I, inventor of rope, it's just downhill for me. And yeah. He gets it. He's exactly. above us all. He's a man's man. Yeah, He's a worm's like worm. Knives. Yeah, but don't hold his the Beef Diamond too long or you will get goat's eyes when you stare at babies. Well, let's move on to this week's Tales from the Lamp. It would be me. We got this tale from the lamp. Sisyphus, ever heard of that punk-ass B-word? Thank you. He, as you may know, was sentenced to pushing a darn boulder up a dangable hill with what? Hands? Please. Please. Consider him the man of Bluetooth, as he was pushing this rock with his giant clunky leg, his roboticized mega meat thruster of a foot. That's right. He's a foot guy. He's got a gripper. He has one big foot, is what Kai was trying to Sisyphus's say. Sisyphus's big one foot that he shoved one big old rock up a big old dangable hill, yeah, and it was bussing. He was the original hacky sacker. He was the kick small. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Gaslit. I'm Paige Hanna. I'm Keller Knight. And I'm Oliver Owens. Good night. Stay tight. And keep that gaslit. Uh.